Oh, hi human, this is Simon, and a building site which you might be able to hear in the background, which is making me angry. But more about that later. For now I've got two quick notes for you. The first one is, if you haven't subscribed to Take Back the Day yet, jeez, where do I begin? Uh, you need to get on that. Go to iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, freaking SoundCloud, anywhere good podcasts are aggregated, and subscribe to the show. You'll get all of our episodes for free, delivered using the magic of the internet without you having to do a damn thing except like install an app and click on subscribe after you search for us. It's the right thing to do. So if you haven't already, you want to get on that. Number two, uh, Sam and I were both a little grumpy in this show. Now, we swear a lot even when we're happy, but we're particularly sweary in this episode of Take Back the Day. And we also approach some adult topics, kind of. Now, I know some of you have children. I know some of you all like to drive around in your car with your children, listening to things on your stereo. And maybe you don't want them to know what's happening in the real world. Maybe you're one of those parents who controls what they absorb from the environment. And I'm okay with that. Not going to tell you how to raise your kids. But if you are sensitive to these things entering your children's innocent ear holes then you might want to save this one for daddy or mommy's quiet time where you can sit back with a drink and that thing you smoke when the kids aren't looking and you can put on this podcast and you can hear me and Sam going off the frackin' rails. That's all I have to share with you. So without further ado... Hello, friend. (laughs) Hello, Sam. You are full of rage today. Tell yes. me about your rage. I'm. I'm not. It's not so much rage. It's. Uh, it's. It's. It's a far worse state than rage, Sam. It's. Um, I think it's defeat. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. I give up, Sam. I give up. Yeah. Fuck everything at this point. <laughs> fuck November. Fuck 2016 as a whole. And yes. <laughs> Don't you feel like that's the um, that's the rhetoric every year at this time of year? We're we're at the ass end of the year, and every year everybody's going, "Oh, what a year!" Yeah, this so, year was a real ass, no, and next year's going to no. be amazing. I can't wait for this year to be gone because somehow magically the universe will go. Oh, ah, ah, mm, it's a new human here. Everything needs to change now. It's like there's no time like the future. Yes. Um, so I've been re-watching old Charlie Brooker wipe videos. You know, he does like the annual wipe thing. So he no. did like the switching wipe. I oh don't even God. know who he is. I'm that curious. Dude, what? Okay, Charlie Brooker is the best. He's a UK comedian, writer, guy. He writes Black Mirror. He's like the ah, See, yes. I do know what Black Mirror is. Yeah, so he is. He has this wonderfully acerbic um, and accurate view of all the things that are very, very screwed up about the world. Mm. And at the end of every year, he compiles a video which is like, hey, let's break down everything that happened in this shitty, shitty year. Um, and I've been watching the last couple of years worth of wipes. And no, 2016 was legitimately the worst year. Because no, like last year, <laughs> last year, they were like, Oh, okay, yeah, Paris bombings. That was awful. Um, but then the rest of the year, it was like, oh, yeah, and then David Cameron apparently put his cock in a pig. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but Sammy, we didn't have the Black Plague. 
We didn't have the Spanish Inquisition. We don't True. have millions of people um, in concentration camps. Like yes. I don't, I, I don't buy that we're living in the shittiest of times. We are, we are empirically, categorically living in the best of times. We are just ungrateful um, and so also whiny little fucks like me. <laughs> you're correct in the grand scheme of history, but it does feel like in the last. 20 years of general progress this is a particularly gross little blip yeah it's definitely yeah. A, a, a two steps forward one step back situation yeah. <laughs> especially with regards to u.s politics unless yeah. you're listening to this podcast five years after we recorded it in which case welcome to the future <laughs> we've just taken another two steps forward Yay. Yay. Well, America and the impact that this has on the rest of the world. Anyway, mm. I don't even want to talk about that, though, because there okay. are also things in your own life that are making you sad. Well, I mean, I've, I've been talking to you for like five minutes and I'm already feeling better. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Yay. There's Friends an argument for us talking more regularly. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do talk regularly, just not always on the Internet. Well, I think that's why we haven't been speaking so regularly on the yeah, internet is because we so spend true. more time in real life hugging and drinking beer, mm -hmm. which is Maybe we should, we should figure out a way to add like a beer holder to the microphone and then maybe we would do it more. Maybe. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the solution. I don't so, know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think both of us in general have been feeling a lot like there are too many things that we want to be doing at the moment, right? And podcasting is one of them. Um, mm -hmm. so is writing, so is building shit, so is, I don't know, learning to code more in my case and spending more time playing board games with your boys in your case. Like, mm -hmm. it's that constant thing of like, we want to be doing all the things. It's the zeitgeist at the moment though, I think, because, uh, the world is full of stuff and it always has been, <laughs> but we haven't always known about all this stuff. And now because of the interwebs. We just yeah. we're we're so hyper aware every time a new television show comes out or every time oh. a new board game is released or every time a new graphic novel although we need to stop using that term now because they are accepted as just novels. Um <laughs> but but you know what I mean? It's like and, yeah. and, and it's this it's the it's it's dealing with the overwhelming fact that unfortunately there's more content in the world than you're ever gonna be able to consume. If you started reading today at light speed, you wouldn't be able to get through all the books ever written by the end of your mm. life and that's a depressing be overwhelming and and see i think it leads to like you know that that kind of paralysis that sets in um when when you're just overwhelmed and you don't know where mm. to start and so i i think that's that's generational but it's definitely part of the zeitgeist it's like yeah. everybody's response to how are you doing today is Busy, so busy and which is the most boring fucking lazy answer in history yeah. but also um i don't really care how they are i'm just asking um but it's 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 definitely a thing right now it's everybody yeah. has this the sense of just i should be doing all this stuff and i don't have time okay so you spoke about the consumption side right like there's so many movie shows movie shows so movie many shows. good movie shows i'm going to the bioscope to see a movie show <laughs> Um, but that's the consumption side. I think what's even more overwhelming is like the production side, right? Like um, that increasingly it's possible for me to like be an average anything quite quickly. Uh -huh. Let me, let me explain. Like, so I can train machine learning uh, algorithms now because I'm amazing, but mm -hmm. not really. Like I taught myself that in a couple of weeks. No, you are really like, amazing. I can also like 
um, mock up shit in sketch and put together things based on other things that I've learned on the internet and from watching other humans mm. and I can write things and put it up on the internet and I can make a podcast and I don't have to have equipment really. I just need to have my friend Simon. Um, like I can do anything. And, and you don't need permission possible. either, which is to me yeah. the most, most important part. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sam, Apple is helping us by making computers that you can't actually make anything on. So <laughs> they will curve the tide. Are you talking about the new, the new Pro? <laughs> no, I'm just trying to be funny. Yeah, um, we were saying the other day how it's so weird that like Microsoft is now the cool hipster thing you get if you're a serious creative. <laughs> things change, <laughs> like Sam. Things change. Old white men are in again. <laughs> <laughs> Microsoft is cool and old white men run the world again. Welcome to the future. (laughs) (laughs) Sam's loving it. Sam is fucking loving every minute. And I was so behind like Kanye West 2020. This was our plan, right? Like our friend Annie and I were like, fine. If he doesn't die, because apparently he's sick at the moment. No, but he's fucked everything up now, because now he's, like, jumped on the Donald Trump train, which I'm actually kind of okay with, because Kanye West's entire life is a piece of performance art. So maybe this is Mm. all elaborate hoax. I don't know. So I think Kanye West, in the words of Barack Obama, is a jackass, but and always has been. Um, but Kanye aside, uh, some you know some of the saner voices uh, in in the political discourse around this uh, era. Um, so some of the smarter, more rational people have been saying that it's you know we can only hope that the good guys jump in now and get involved with mm. this new regime in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's uh, similarly to in South Africa, where where we've got a, a governing party that's ruled by despots. Mm-hmm. Um, you better hope there's some good people in there because they're your only hope yeah. when when totally. the monkeys are running the show. And um, I mean, like this is this is the one positive thing. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but like, um, like especially the, the liberal left, right? Like we've gotten so slacktivisty and so paralyzed by the fear of like, oh, everything is too complicated. Like, let's empathize with everyone in the world, and like, oh, I've been listening to so much like feminist punk and i've been listening to a lot of like la tigra and they have this great song about like fuck get off the internet i will see you in the streets and like it's been such a great sense of no we actually have to organize again like we've gotten really shit at organizing and that's like if you think about the anc and the the like liberation movement it was it was the most incredible movement at like grassroots level like let's come together in our tiny community amongst the people that we know and let's support each other and let's work let's get to fucking work um and like you know the 80s and fucking like you know that that sense of of grassroots political uprising that we had and even like from the 60s i guess um and the, the the left has lost that and if anything, this is a beautiful rallying cry to like, we have to get political again. Mm. And in a, like grassroots, go and talk to your neighbors kind of way. So I guess I guess that worries me a little bit because I, I think of myself as a centralist. And I think what mm. we're really seeing right now is a failure of the center. Like this isn't the rise mm. of the right. The right's always been there and they've always had their fucked up ideas and now they're in charge, right? But they're mm. in charge because the center let us down. And part of the center letting us down is letting the left rise up as well because the left is just as retarded as the right extremes are never the answer if you find yourself on an extreme side of the spectrum 
you are de facto wrong because the truth is always somewhere in between, right? Mm. And so I I like I, I watched the liberal reaction to um, the Trump presidency and the amount of misinformation, like the people mm. complaining about the fake news are the biggest aggregators of the fake news right now. <laughs> and I'm going, you know, fuck you guys as much as fuck the alt-right. And can we please stop calling mm. them that when they're just fucking neo-Nazis anyway? Um, yes. and, and you're not like, fuck both of y'all. But, mm. but the rational, sane, moderate people in the center, they're yeah. the people who need to rise up now and take over mm. because those are the people who should be running the world and those are the mm. people who have better things to do. But unfortunately, every now and then, history kicks them in the fucking nads for having better <laughs> things to do and sends people like Trump on the right or fucking Stalin on the left to come yeah. and shit on everybody's party. And then we mm. have to stop being productive and making the world a better place and get involved <laughs> in politics again. And that sucks, but we kind of have to do that now. Oh, I love you. Um, yeah, everything you say is clever. Um, like, I was reading this stuff about how, like, especially around feminism and protecting minorities and whatever, like, we've a place that will help or a source of power that will help is like corporate America. Because one of the good things about big corporates is that in it's in their self-interest to make sure that they can tap into the full available workforce, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which means that a lot of that like regulation stuff is built into how corporates have to function. Like you can't have discrimination in them. Um, so ironically, like I think in some ways, big corporates have gotten fairer than <laughs> better at protecting the rights of certain groups yeah, than I, politics. <laughs> I, think, I think you did right. Um, I, th I think there's also a lot wrong with, with the way the corporate world works today and this obsession with growth at all costs. Um, yeah. This notion that if something's legal, it's okay, you know? Mm. Like fucking up the environment's perfectly legal, um, yeah. but that doesn't mean you should be doing it. And let's not forget yeah. that slavery was legal once too. Mm. Um, so I but again, think, like, mm -hmm. like that's a good example, right? Like the big multinationals, it's increasingly in their best interest to start investing in renewable energy, right? Yes. And to wean themselves off like old gas and stuff. So like even from that angle, it, like eventually their self-interest is catching up with kind of, you know, the, the needs of everyone else, I guess, in some ways. In other ways, you know, the world continues to be a vastly unequal and weird place, but... Yeah, absolutely. But oh, there's always I, cause for hope. Yes. And speaking of, so one of the cool things I discovered out of this um, is this cool project called the Village Square. Mm -hmm. um, it's American, but I wish someone would do it in South Africa as well. Maybe we should. Um, so what they do is they find two people who have some kind of real relationship with each other you know, like they care about each other in some way. They're like friends or family or cousins or something. And then they facilitate conversations between them. But the thing is that they, they come from opposite sides of like the political spectrum or whatever it is, right? And they facilitate the kinds of conversations that you often find yourself having at like an awkward family dinner where someone gets disowned and everyone ends up in tears and angry with each other. But they, they, they write, they have the script, which has been written by like professional mediators, which a sort of a way of asking questions and you're not allowed to rebut. You just have to listen to the answer and then wait until later. It's where you can like answer the other questions. I love um, that. That's exactly so what good. we need. That yeah. and the ultimate answer to fake news and this whole pandemic of misinformation, which is just critical thinking, right? Mm. 
Because, yeah, I mean, what you're speaking to uh, deals with empathy. And I think the beginning of empathy is critical thinking. It's it's yeah. questioning your own beliefs and starting to take on what other people believe and starting to wonder why, um, mm. why they believe the things that they do. Yeah. I mean, it's also about different data, right? So, so this is something that I've realized is with all of this fake news stuff, like you were saying, like um, becoming more conscious of where our information is coming from upon which we're making our decisions, right? So, and like one of the, one of the first questions in this sort of facilitated dialogue is why do you think I hold the views that I hold? Um, And how have, and then the the follow-up question from that is, um, what have you experienced about the world that's different to what I've experienced about the world, which means you think that our views are different. Mm. Um, so that's the thing. Like if all you ever read is, you know, about a certain type of thing, then it's, it's rational that you're then going to draw conclusions off that data. Um, and no one's data is perfect, right? Like everyone lives in a little curated bubble. Absolutely. Um, but it's, yeah, and, and, and filter bubbles are a big problem right now because we, we spend our days on social networks that only bring us more views from people who agree with us, right? Yeah. And reinforce our stupid beliefs. Um, but, it, it, you know, it, it's also combined with this, this kind of idea that beliefs are valid um, mm. because you believe them. So I was just looking up this Isaac Asimov quote that's, that's kind of been sticking in my mind since, um, since the end of the U.S. elections. Um, where he said anti-intellectualism has been a constant thread winding its way through our political and cultural life, nurtured by the false notion that democracy means that my ignorance is just as good as your knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly the problem and pretty much sums up the latter half of 2016 perfectly. Where you'd sit and you'd watch an interview with Rudy Giuliani, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, telling a news anchor that he doesn't believe climate change exists or that um more importantly i suppose was was where he was saying uh, not more importantly but more pertinently he was saying that um you know crime has been rising in the united states and yeah. the news anchor was like he has data empirical hard data that shows that mm. it hasn't been in fact it's been declining and him saying it doesn't matter that's what people believe that's what we believe yeah and the, the as, as the fact that they believe it like negates the data yeah i mean and that's kind of it, it comes to me for me back to what we think education is right um so in south africa obviously we like our, our universities have mostly been shut down for the last couple of months which is you know horrifying um and you know they've been shut down because people are saying more people need access to them and that's that's kind of a noble goal but like um there's kind of this deep question that's been rattling around my head for a long time about whether university education is still the right way to prepare people for work. But then there's this whole other layer of question about how do we get better at doing that kind of liberal arts, humanities education that we both had, right? Which Mm -hmm. was like, this is how you think, this is how you read, this is how you assess information from the world. Um, And, it's, it's such like a increasingly, thing. I don't think people should do a BA. Like I don't regret my BA, but I don't think it's right for most people. I think most people should go and like learn to do, make things. Um, but then, how do we get better at teaching people like moral education? 
Yeah, it needs to be it needs to be something that society kind of imbibes and just makes part of our culture. Because, you know, unfortunately a college in a college education isn't the answer. There there are a lot of idiots who have been through college and come out the other end without critical thinking. <laughs> um and you know maybe maybe it's books like the magic of reality um from Richard Dawkins becoming more widespread as prescribed literature to kids or or I don't know. It's you know we we we're increasingly are a a a, a, a a species that doesn't um that doesn't think that that racism, for example, is okay. And yeah. somehow all kids growing up right now are growing up with that idea in their head, right? Um, yeah. We've managed to just make that part of our culture, part of our yeah. ideology. Um, and I think the same thing needs to happen for critical thought because there is no way to guarantee that you're going to come go to university and come out the other end um, yeah. with critical thinking. Just like there's no way to guarantee that you'll uh, read To Kill a Mockingbird and come out the other end not being a racist fuckhead. Um, but mm-hmm. but but something you know there, there there's some things that we've managed to just kind of set as a, as part of the baseline for our culture and unfortunately critical thinking isn't there yet but it needs to be it needs to get there yeah I mean this also for me is a great argument in favor of like Alain de Botton style secular churches right because it's also weird that we have this idea that people need to be educated like until the age of 24. Um, and then after that, cool, now you know things, go be in the world and just, I don't know, produce things and have a career and then at some point die. Like old people, Jesus Christ, old people, get your shit together. Like <laughs> learn also, more things about the world. <laughs> like but, clearly but that's think, part of the problem. One of the one of the things that started with Generation X is also this idea that, that old people are, are lesser citizens. Um, and yeah. stuck and old in their ways and don't understand the world around them. And whereas in, 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 you know, older cultures, if you read, for example, Jared Diamond's The World Until Yesterday, he sp- mm. speaks about how, you know, old people were the leaders of tribal societies. Um, yeah. They were the people with the wisdom who had been through the floods and knew how to weather them, um, mm. who had been farming for decades and could, and could transfer that knowledge. Like when the shit hit the fan, you went and you sp- spoke to the elders. They were the ones who are going to get you out of it right and i think the unfortunate thing about today's modern world is with the rise of a technology that's kind of excluded older generations has come this Mm. idea that they aren't as smart and capable as younger people which is Mm. absolutely false Except also like cultural norms have changed so much faster because you know we're more connected and we're communicating with more of the world at the same time yeah but people haven't changed yes Right, we like we we still have the same physiology and way of thinking and etc. as we did a hundred thousand years ago. We've just got new toys. <laughs> no, but we also have new brains. No, I mean, we not, don't. Not Our brains are the same. <laughs> Our brains are the same. Our access to information isn't the same. Yes. Um, yes. You know, okay. and and there are a lot of old ideas that need to go away. But yeah. I I just I've experienced it in business time and time again where there's 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 there is little that can compete with experience. And don't presume that because you understand the new shiny thing that brings information to you at light speed, that you will somehow magically be able to displace the, the, the experience of somebody who's been working at something for three decades and thinking hard about mm. the first principles of what they do. Um, and it's just unfortunate that a lot of that knowledge gets cast by the wayside because these people aren't as good at, at pressing the buttons as the younger folk are. 
So I do hear you, but I think in some way, like, you know how in, I don't know, even 200 years ago, the average person over their lifetime would read like as many words and be exposed to as much information as the average, you know, 20 year old is exposed to in like a month, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, like we know more things about the world because we're more connected, right? Yeah, but we haven't spent more time thinking about them. Like, mm-hmm. and, and also we get exposed to a lot of information, very little of it sticks. And that's the, yeah. that's the other problem. It's actually quite scary, um, you know, what happens to retention in the internet era. And I think, you know, that's something Nick Carr speaks about in his book, The Shallows. I'm not mm. fully on board with him because he also hates technology, but, <laughs> or seems to, but, but yeah. yeah, I don't actually know what I'm arguing for, Sam, because I actually agree with you. But <laughs> I, I just think, think I old think... people should just have their voting rights rescinded after the age of 50. No, I think whenever the world has a big problem, we should go and speak to Tom Waits about it and see what he has to say. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Tom Waits. <laughs> He'll tell you to smoke a cigarette and everything will be fine. See, baby. see? <laughs> actually, Tom Waits stopped drinking 15 years ago. What? So there's that. They're legit. There's an article about it. If you tell me that he took up fucking jogging, I'm just going to die. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. But he stopped drinking 15 years ago. Uh, wow. Somebody, I think it might have been Rolling Stone, had a great article about it with some mm. awesome quotes from him. Like, Jesus, everyone gets old. Everyone gets old yeah. and gets into CrossFit and gets a dog and dies. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes when something like, you know, <laughs> he's been thinking a lot about himself. Is he um, really eccentric or does he just wear a funny hat? <laughs> oh that's amazing so sam simon do you want to tell me about something awesome oh my god so many things have been awesome in my life despite the wider world being weird um tell me about them i've been playing a great new card game that's like a good social game to play with friends called sushi go which is really fun Mm -hmm. uh exploding kittens also great um, I That's found the a great... Matthew Ingram yes. oatmeal guy. He's got a new one, game. but I haven't bought it yet. Yes, it it's called Something and Babies. I think when they were prototyping it, it was called Game of Babies. And now <laughs> it's called something else. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, I also found a great app called PhotoScan, which is a Google app to help you scan in all of your old physical photos into the cloud. Yeah, so I've like been using that as well. Everything. That's amazing. So great. Because you don't just like take a photo. Yeah. The uh, the new the new game from Matthew Ingram is called Bears versus Babies. Yeah, oh, excellent. And it comes in a furry box, which is yes. excellent. <laughs> uh, and also modernist poetry. That's I've been reading a lot of modernist poetry because it feels like that sort of in between war, post war you know, deep poignant reflections on the nature of violence and humanity. And yeah, it just seems also appropriate. So highly recommend everyone go read some Auden and Elliot and, you know, all those dudes. They say some smart things. What about you, Simon? I have a new uh, word processor. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Because, you know, we we haven't gotten those down pat yet. Um, It's called (laughs) Refly Editor. Uh, uh-huh. There are a few things I love about it. It's very early days. Uh, they posted it to Product Hunt, perhaps a little prematurely because it's still quite buggy. Um, but it has some cool things. So, for example, you can set goals. So you can tell roughly, I'm going to write a thousand words a day, or I'm going to write this much in 30 days. And it's actually got a little graph where it'll kind of track your writing over time, um, and it'll nudge you to write more. So I like that. 
Um, it also has search engine optimization built in. So it analyzes your text as you're writing and suggests things you could put in um, to improve the SEO of your articles, which is equal parts lame and amazing, depending on why you're writing, I suppose. No, that's um, fucking awesome. Oh, I see it's made in India as well, which is so rad. It's nice to find products that don't come from the bubble. Yeah, and then the other awesome thing about it is it plugs into your blogging engine. So it has Medium support, it has WordPress support, and you can publish straight from Refly to your blog, for example, um, nice. which I like as well. It also crashes every 30 seconds on my Mac, <laughs> um, which is less than handy. But, um, but it, it's- If there's no bugs, you ship too late. <laughs> but but I like it. It's sort of uh, you know a step towards uh, a WordPress processor for the next generation because it's it's mm. it's um, it's pretty next level in every way, uh, except yeah. the fact that it crashes quite often. Although no, that's looks... becoming something that's uh, a bit of a trend in technology as well again. Mm, oh, the days of stability. Who needs that? <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things that I've been thinking about increasingly with like word type tools and like Keynote and all of these things is that if it's not primarily built for collaboration, it's, it's not made for the world, right? Um, as it is today. Um, and yeah. Keynote, like as we've discovered, Jesus Christ Keynote, like their collaboration tools offline or kind of like semi-online on your desktop are great but it does crash like every five minutes (laughs) yeah it doesn't be the trade-off yeah it's you know apple apple's showing a strong commitment to um moving from a world in which it creates devices for creation to one where it purely just device makes devices for consumption it's almost like there's a team at apple going hmm people are still making a lot of stuff on our computers. How could we stop that? How could we get them to be less creative? Maybe we could make our apps crash a little bit more. Uh, Maybe we could give them less RAM. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe we could just make things thinner and lighter until they're actually just screens and you can't actually input anything. (laughs) You really hate the new pro. (laughs) I don't. It's just, it's the mood I'm in today. I need to keep them honest, Sam. We yeah. need extremism you to keep the him. other end on, honest. Mm, you tell Tim Cook. Yeah, uh, I'm going to pull that pendulum towards the center over there in Cupertino. You do it. Because they you really care it. about what I think. <laughs> All uh, right, you know Samantha. why you're grumpy? It's because you have to move next week and moving is shitty. I have to move and people are building offices next door to where I am right now How and making they? a noise. Oh. Um, people want me to do work. Ah, oh, Sam. It's the worst. Oh, it's your the life. worst. This, this, these are dark days indeed. <laughs> okay, what is a thing you can do today that'll be fun? It's already done. <laughs> okay, great. Starting out on the right foot. Oh, we should do this know. again very soon because I love you so much. <laughs> I love you too, Sam. <laughs> okay, Dingle Pants. I'll see you later. Alrighty. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Ah, you're still listening. Well, I'm back with my building site compadre to remind you that you can also find us online at takebacktheday.co. There's no M at the end. It's not .com. It's just .co because that's how we roll. You can also find me on Twitter at Simon Dingle and Sam is at GreenhamSam. And every time Sam gets a new follower, one of Rudy Giuliani's testicles starts itching uncontrollably.
Okay, that's it. Bye-bye.